Welcome to I'm Absolutely Fine, the podcast from the middle that looks at all the glamour and indignity of being a grown-up. Hi, I'm Emily and I'm absolutely fine, but I thought I'd start the new term with a terrible confession, which is that the other day I was walking through my neighbourhood jauntily in my sort of jaunty way and uh, I got you pulled are, over. You are almost oppressively jaunty. <laughs> I get really excited in September, so I'm really sorry, everyone. Anyway, but it was August and I was walking through my neighbourhood in London and this car pulled over, a sort of blacked out Mercedes. And this kid leaned out of the window and said something to me. And I went, oh, what? Like, what can I help you with? And, And he handed me a card and he said, deliveries for ecstasy, cocaine, whatever. And I took the card and I absolutely froze because... My initial thought was, oh my God, hooray, they still think that I take drugs, which for someone who hasn't taken a drug for, you know, 17 years, but also like, why is that cool? But it's just that, it was that awful feeling before I thought, oh my God, the neighborhood, oh my God, there are kids driving around blacked out Mercedes selling drugs to people in the street. My first thought was, yay, I'm cool. It's so shameful. My first thought is the efficiency. Okay. Yes. The efficiency is something too. Like someone told me the other day that, you you know, they'll they'll text you menus. <laughs> I love that. But also then I handed the card back and said, no, thank you. Like, did you? Yes, I did. Yeah, I did not keep the card. Um, but I did feel a little bit, I still felt perky. I still feel slightly perky about it, which is really shameful. It's like, oh my God, come on. But anyway. Just say no. I know, just say no. Drugs Emily. aren't cool. Drugs are not cool. Anyway, how are you, Annabelle? I'm Annabelle. Uh, and I'm absolutely fine, considerably less jaunty than you, but absolutely fine. However, I went the other day to Blink, favourite place, Love. to get my eyebrows threaded and tinted. Game changer. Um, and I saw my favourite lady there called Sonia. Uh, and as she was, you know, tinting and threading and being brilliant, she said, should we do your upper lip? <laughs> <laughs> they never say moustache. <laughs> What about your upper lip? And I went, oh, you know, it's incredibly painful, by the way, upper lip, moustache threading. I've seen you have it done and it looked like agony. I find eyebrow threading like so unbelievably painful, but so brilliant. And I'm I'm also addicted. I know, but also you make less of a fuss. You just look traumatised where I'm sort of leaping around like a sort of fish (laughs) in the chair. And I said, oh, you know, really? It's probably fine. She went, it's quite long. (laughs) (laughs) Words that you just never want to hear it's quite long it's quite long and I went <laughs> oh, well, well, well maybe just quickly just a bit <laughs> only because I really like and trust her anyway she started and honestly she never finished <laughs> I mean she's practically still going now on and on and on this went and my tears streaming down my face I'm swearing I said Sonia surely surely she went nearly 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 done on this side she said anyway finally it was over and and only when it was gone because I could I really have the sense that it had been there in the first place so it is it is probably a good thing but Sonia was going on maternity leave the next day I trust no one else to do this I said Sonia you're not meant to ask this but how long are you taking for maternity leave and she said I think nine months and I said no one is touching this upper lip slash moustache slash beard until you get back so by the time she gets back in at this point, eight and a half months. I mean, I'm going to be Brian Blessed, so good luck with that. Tom Selleck, like, growing a fantastically luxurious moustache. Yes. Don't you always, don't you find it really awful that we've got to the stage where when people are doing their jobs well, 
like particularly with like I find with hair and or hair removal or whatever, you get really annoyed with them. It's like, come on, I don't care. At this point, I do not care. It's like I, I you and I both, well, I certainly leave the hairdressers before the blow. I'm just like, I have no tolerance for or patience for it. It's awful. It's like a really dysfunctional attachment style, isn't it? You love them and you will go to no one else, but you give them a really hard time. You're avoidant, you leave early, you know, you might cancel an appointment. Uh, yeah, I know, I know, I know exactly what you mean. I mean that, I mean, but the, but the hair situation. We saw something the other day, which is like, you know, if if I'm in a coma, don't send a priest, send in someone to deal with my coma beard. No one needs to see our coma beards at this point. Do you think we should just like pledge to each other that we will all that that is what we'll do? That we'll always look after each other's coma beards if the case should arise. I could just quietly creep into the hospital with my brawn epilator, which I've shamefully discovered. I mean, listen, my life's all about the brawn epilator. We no longer live in the world of the rolling appointment, no. right? Agreed. I mean, you know, it's a combination of of of, of time, pain, m- money, feminism, inconvenience, and general fuckery. But you know, it suddenly strikes you. Oh my god! So I will come with my brawn plate, which I have recently and shamefully discovered you can use on your face, <laughs> um, and deal with your coma beard should that situation ever arise. I mean, I, I was on holiday recently, and I find myself. Not in a, I don't think in a pervy way, but just glancing at other women's bikini lines because they look so almost Love Island perfect. And I know the struggle that I am having. The struggle. The struggle that I am having, or it could be an ingrown hair or something just generally unpleasant. And other women, I mean, do you feel that? Well, mine are all falling out. Do you remember years ago, someone described a very famous actress whose name we're not going to, whatever, that she's very famous for wearing wigs. But that actually, when she wasn't wearing a wig, she looked like a lollipop that had been rolled on the carpet. Do you know what I mean? Ooh, so the lollipop, the bits of hair, that is basically how my bikini line looks. Is it? Yes. So you're looking in a different Sparks. way. I'm looking and thinking, oh gosh, you know, everyone seems to be neat and tidy. And you're looking and feeling jealous of anyone who might have a sort of luxuriant bush. Yes, there's no, and even if I, you know, when I say, even if I leave it, I have left it. It's still, yeah, straggly. Even the side bits. Um, but the point is, is that there's not, there's no uniformity in the in the growing. It's like a, it's like the code is broken, like a teenage mean? boy's beard. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's like oh, bit here on your there. actual bum. Basically, yeah, exactly on my front bottom. Bum fluff on your front bottom. And I think it's um, yeah, and it, it does look a little bit like decrepit. And I don't know what the solution is because a merkin. McMurkin. Emily McMurkin. Oh, that's cheered me up. <laughs> okay. Now, Annabelle smile for the first time for days, guys. <laughs> oh, that's made me really happy. The big toe sprouters. Oh my god, the big toe sprouters. Again, that's the code just like really backfiring, isn't it? It's like the body goes, oh, let's put a hair there for no reason. Like, why are we all hobbits now? Thanks so much. Well, I mean, exactly. It's like this ongoing, you know, debate that you and I have, which which is worse, a chin hair or a cheek hair. I think we have come finally come to a conclusion. We think it's probably a cheek hair yes. because it suggests that the beard, which many of us suffer from, has got a kind of mission creep. <laughs> exactly. That is, and as luck would have it, we will just have like teenage boy beards. Just all over our faces. Oh my God, can you imagine having a soul patch? What's that? Is that the little horrid yes. thing? Under, oh my God, that disgusting thing under the chin. Yes. That little Hitler moustache, but under the lower lip. Yes. Oh, awful. Awful. The other thing about hair... Didn't know it was called a soul patch. Yeah, that's Do you have good. any other hair terminology I don't know about? I don't about. think so. I don't think so. The only thing that I can tell you about my hair currently as well is that I've gone very blonde because I went grey at 22. So I've dyed my hair constantly. And so one of the 
fact is it's in the sun and I was lucky enough to have a summer holiday in a lot of sunshine and as a result I'm super blonde. If you left your hair and didn't colour it would you be completely grey? And now bits of it are like white. That's quite cool. Do you think? Oh I don't know. I mean yes. I don't know. Mm. I mean I did used to think that I might go like white at like 55 but now I'm like pushing I'm thinking maybe 60 actually it's quite close (laughs) you are very blonde so you're properly blonde I'm properly blonde and I don't love it at all but what I have noticed is it covers the gray better so I have actually um I use Josh Wood home coloring and I use lightest brown but I'm going to try darkest blonde just to see if it prolongs the time between appointments because normally you have to touch up your uh roots how often every every three three to four weeks depend if I've got if I've got something, I mean, I've got the uh, colour wow as well, which I love. But I think, yeah, and I do like being brunette because that is my natural colour. But it is actually not that practical. It's amazing the things we'll do, even if we don't really like them, just to make our lives easier. So you don't want to be blonde, but you're going to be blonde. So you don't have to touch up your roots all the time. Kind of. I think that's why after like five years, basically, of trying to be brunette on like a more regular basis. Also, you know, as soon as there's any sunshine, obviously, this isn't so relevant for coming up to winter. You know, it just goes bright. So it is a sort of endless battle. This is an advertisement from BetterHelp Therapy Online. Why not try a hobby, they say. Everybody needs to find purpose, they say. If only we had enough time, we say. But even if we did have an extra hour in the day, what on earth would we do with it? A lot of us wish we had more time, but time for what? One of the things that I have found really useful about therapy is in unpacking what's important to me now. Because what I wanted at 20 is very different to what I want now at 49. But sometimes in the rush hour of life, we can get stuck in an old template. Therapy can give you the space to talk things through, to reimagine what matters to you and how to prioritise it. So if you need some clarity and are thinking of starting therapy, why not look at BetterHelp? It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a registered therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. With over 1,000 therapists in the UK already, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise. And our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash midult. That's better, H-E-L-P dot com slash midult. BetterHelp. Because sometimes the smartest thing to do is acknowledge that we are not, in fact, absolutely fine. Well, also, because you haven't had your colour done outside your own house, no, have you? since lockdown. Yeah, so you've yeah. been doing your own colour for three yeah. or four years. Yeah. Yeah, God. But, but it's that thing, isn't it? That joylessness, just because it's easier, just because it makes life, you know, more bearable. I find I, it sometimes with clothes. But we do this with everything. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it feels like the sort of... What we less, eat. Exactly, the kind of less... Kind Who of we see. Path of resistance. Where exactly. we go. Yeah. Much less adventurous. And I find it with clothes, which is a shame because I love them. And I've historically, I used to write a lot about fashion. And, and, and you know, it's just a rather dispiriting mix of, you know, what I can bear to put on my body and what vaguely works. So I want to rediscover the joy. You're very playful with your clothes. Perhaps <laughs> a little too playful. But no, never too playful. But you can see all the stuff that's flooding back into fashion now. I know. That we've seen before. My whole... Instagram is obsessed with the return of the coin belt. So if everybody remembers, that's the sort of maybe 17 years ago. Sienna Miller hip 
belt with the big brass discs on. And weirdly, Emily told me this morning that she's been seeing it everywhere. And simultaneously, having not seen it anywhere, I've been vaguely shopping for one. Fashion's so weird. Sometimes with some things you have to sort of wait and get your eye in. It can take you a while or it never happens. And other times you just find yourself wanting stuff. So maybe a coin belt. I mean, you know, those big baggy 90s jeans are back. Yeah, and I actually bought a pair, a very good pair from Uniqlo, which I highly recommend, which are not so kind of embarrassingly baggy that you think that you're making a kind of... It's hammer time. Yes, exactly. <laughs> which we may have tried before, but I'm not sure we could get away with that. <laughs> Can you imagine? Um, we look but, like some decrepit genies. Yes, exactly. But I did, yeah, they're very good. And they're called, I think they are also low rise, but actually they're not the hideous sort of Britney low-rise and Christina Aguilera low-rise that made us feel terrible. What well, we can see the top of the pubes that you no longer have. <laughs> well, actually, that's the one advantage of going bald there, that I could wear very low-rise and it would make Low, low, low <laughs> slung. I bought some very good jeans the other day. I t- they do very good jeans on ASOS. <gasps> Those are so good on you. Your bum looks amazing in them. Do you think? I really do. Yeah. I know I could feel that like I really have a bum. But anyway, um, they were on sale and I got them for 18 quid. That's very good. Oh, you've got to love that. Too. Are you wearing? Yes. I, I suspect you are. Emily and I haven't seen each other for a month. And I have to tell you, she has been shopping in that time. Um, are you wearing those things. very, very baggy jeans with? I know she's got a thing about the 90s. I know she's got a thing about Jacqueline Bissett Kennedy. Are you wearing them with a very big, unstructured black blazer? I am. Yeah. I am. I bought an unstructured black black blazer from Align, which I think is in the sale. Align do those quite sort of slightly edgier silhouettes. I think they do it quite well. Safe, but edgy. Yeah. Again, which is where we want to live, yeah. right? Where it looks like you've made an effort, but is also not. Tragic. Like, exactly. I actually went out the other day in a pair of baggy jeans, a white vest, and I have flirted with the idea of a a crop top and this big black blazer. Flirted with the idea of a crop top, but not so I can. I mean, why shouldn't you? Except that... It becomes about texture, doesn't it? Yes. So my tummy texture is not... And listen, I think the way to do a crop top, if you want to, is probably to do a ribbon of flesh yes. rather than a bra top. Yes, like an apology. <laughs> <laughs> no, just a little taste. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. So, um, And actually, funnily that you should mention that Primark do some very good, very soft kind of cropped bras that might work for that. If you, you know felt what is like going trend? all eternal. Yeah, well, no, it's very, it's a very eternal look, isn't it? That's what we were saying. Hoop earrings, massive, massive blazer, crop top, baggy jeans. I tell you what is in fashion. It's not even back in fashion, it's just in fashion, but I just have to mention it because it's a cashmere bra. <laughs> what? Who does that help? <gasps> no, it, it's hot without being sexy or cosy. Oh my God. So it's another layer for, for no support if you're me. I mean, you know. But I mean, no support if you're me either. Like immediately cashmere loses a zing, doesn't it? I mean, immediately. I mean, and also like wearing a sort of cardigan on your breast. <laughs> a bradigan. A bradigan. Also the moths. Oh my God. A moth-eaten bra is not a good look. It's like a metaphor for every level of decrepitude going on in your I you totally know, agree. mind, soul and body. Yes, exactly. Just at the moth-eaten edges of our lives, basically. Speaking of moths, moth, moths, wool dresses are back. Now, instantly, we had two different reactions when we were discussing wool dresses. Mine was, ah, literally get it off, like furnace, like, my God, rip it off in the change room. I can imagine those, you know, when you get stuck in a dress, that feeling, that's basically how I, immediately, like, claustrophobic, like menopause brain exploding yes exactly (laughs) like central heating a nightmare whereas mine was oh a nice tight wool dress with a hoop earring beatnik 
you know, might be... You know, I, Your coin belt. My, <laughs> oh, that's a whole... No, that gets witchy. That's too far. That's yeah. too, That's too like, Stevie Nicks... Not that I... No disrespect to, to Stevie Nicks, who I adore. That's too essential oil. Yes. <laughs> exactly, like, come to my wood burner. Yeah. I mean, no, sorry, yes. Not wood burner. What do I mean? What do I mean? What do you mean? I mean, there's oil Incense. burner. Incense. Oh, exactly. okay. Come to my... It's like a terrible chat-up <laughs> Come to my wood burner. <laughs> Jesus, we've really lost our touch. Uh, so uh, I tell you what I do want, which I've never owned in my life. And they're very, they're going to be everywhere. They're going to be everywhere. It's a denim jacket. I've never owned one. Because I always thought, because of my shape, that I would look like a sort of denim fridge. <laughs> you wouldn't look like a denim fridge. Denim jackets are great. And I have a, I have like a properly like naughties one from Gap. From where we used to work next door to Gap. Yeah, exactly. And it's still, it's it's absolutely brilliant. And I wore it the other day and actually it did feel cool. Yeah, well, any recommendations for denim jackets, please? Yes, yeah, send them in because we, I haven't seen any ones that I really love. I'm horribly attracted to ones with puff sleeves and I know I need to somehow deal with myself over that. But I don't know what length, I don't know quite how to make it work with a bosom, you know? I've seen a really good one and I'm going to try and remember anyway. But um, but um, if we if I remember, I'll put it in the show notes. And if not, please send us your denim jacket recommendations leopard print is out she said i am wearing a leopard print dress and i wish i wasn't no you don't we're not going to listen that's true leopard nice. print is, is leopard print is a neutral leopard print we're, we're holding on to however here's something that's back and i remember where I, I remember buying a pair of these from lk bennett a bit like you remember when you got your first proper job and you bought that joseph jacket yes the pinstripe one yes that you still have yes uh, on my first job, I went to LK Bennett and bought some kitten heels because oh it was God. probably two thousand or something kitten the year. Heels. Um, and and they and they and I remember that yeah, I mean they weren't great then. But are you tempted by a kitten heel now? Absolutely not. I don't think I could walk in them. Unsteady, right? Spindly, tippy. Also, I don't like the word kitten. I agree. I agree. It's like wearing a t-shirt saying meow. <laughs> Or sexy. Yes, or sexy. I mean, it, yeah, I agree. I'm, I, don't, I don't like the idea of kitten ears. In fact, they, I think you should get a rebrand. I think it, the idea of a kitten anything is, is probably not If great. you could get, if money was no object, ha ha and you could get anything you wanted, what would it be? Anything to wear? Yeah. God, you put me on the spot. Right now, I think I'd want a really fabulous shearling coat. Really? Yeah, I think I would. There are and loads of good ones out there, but they are you, really you know, expensive. If they're not made of plastic... They sort of seem to be like a thousand quid and yeah. it's just, and also I quite want a pink one. So, I mean, imagine a thousand quid in a pink shearling coat, a thousand quid on anything that isn't like a boiler. Um, so, um, so, 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 so what I want, I shall not have, but I have plenty. So that's fine. But, um, but you're, you're playing away, aren't you? With your grabs for. My grabs for relevance. Actually, I've just, I'm watching on Netflix, Superstore, which if anybody hasn't seen it or whatever, it's a, an America Ferrara kind of situation comedy I think it's like set in like 2015, 2017, America. And it's about a superstore. And one of the characters is a character called Greg. And he is the sort of middle management, you know, he's from corporate and he comes down with his, with his, all his stupid corporate suggestions on how they should run things. And about halfway through the series, he starts having a midlife crisis and he turns up. And every time he's wearing one thing, which is a, like a 
terrible grab for relevance. Like, so like a snake earring. <laughs> and he's the most ordinary looking cropped trouser. Basically, at one time he's wearing a very high knee high sort of like riding boot. He's wearing with his sort of car keys as if and it's all and like I said, he's very sort of ordinary, deliberately very ordinary looking. And uh and every time you're just looking at him, you're just going, Yes, I understand you, Greg. You're just Wait, trying to you when you out. go yes. 90% Vicar's wife, 10% lightning bolt earring that reaches your nipple. <laughs> exactly. I think it's back to be playful and I think it's... It is. You're it's, good at being playful with clothes. Yeah. Well, I just... We should be more playful, generally, should, generally, she says miserably. Yes, because it makes things more bearable. Alexander Graham Bell, is that the guy who invented the telephone? It was, wasn't it Thomas Edison? Wasn't that the light bulb? No, I think it's Thomas Edison. Okay, Christ, we've really exposed ourselves now. One of us is right, one of us is wrong. Doesn't matter. He intended for us to answer the phone by saying, Ahoy there! I mean, I think that's absolute genius. Well, maybe we should. It's unbearable when the phone rings. So just to make it less unbearable, we could answer the phone and go, Ahoy there! Can you imagine? What do you think someone would say at the other end? Hopefully, Ahoy there! (laughs) Okay. Or hello, Captain. It's sort of weirder because you know who it is that's calling you. Although sometimes... And this is like, this makes life more bearable, actually, in a kind of neggy way, which is not my vibe. But but for this is when you don't know who's calling, you answer, but you don't say anything. Ah, and wait for that tell about whether it's like a bot or a cold caller. Yes. Or, or, by the way, this is really, really neggy. Even if you do know who's calling, (laughs) you just answer. But that's that's a power move because then someone's completely on the back. But you answer in the science and someone will be left going, hello, hello. And then you go, hello. Or indeed, <laughs> ahoy there. <laughs> Imagine, though, if you did both. Exactly. If you did the pause and then the ahoy there, people would think you'd lost it. Immediate nervous breakdown. <laughs> and be like, oh, I spoke to Admiral on the phone recently. And really, I'm not sure she's doing very well. Yes. A really scary way to answer the phone is just to go, yes. I mean, that is terrifying. I only do it to people I really love. That is terrifying. I mean, you know, to be funny, not to be terrifying, yeah. but it is scary. But you have a funny um, a funny tick from sort of the 1930s. And you've done this ever since I've known you, which is, you know, 20 years. Is when someone says, hello, is that Emily McMeekin? You say, this is she. This I is she. You can't say it. But the worst thing is, I do, I actually genuinely say this is she. But the worst thing is, is that when someone goes, am I speaking to Emily McMeekin or can I speak to Emily McMeekin? I, all, I panic. And I, I, my brain thinks, how do I answer this? Which is, I mean, it's a real, it's a glitch in the matrix, right? So you say, I almost so I go, remember the first time I heard you say is this is she, age sort of 27. I thought, what? What am I supposed to say? I don't know. I go, hello. Or what? Yes. Or you, no, no, it, what it you, is. You, it is. You could really just say yes. Yes, I could just say yes. Yes. Is this something that we can? Yes. Yes. But then. I feel the problem is, is that then there's a, then again, there's a, like a pause. I don't think I like pauses very much. No, their silence is to be filled by anxious people, aren't they? That's the yes. problem. Um, do you remember sort of when people ask you questions that make you panic? Yes. Like, are you okay? Well, again, another power move. If someone's being really mean to you, oh. you could just lean over and just go, are you all right? <gasps> it's quite a teenage Mean girl move. I remember people used to do it to me. You know, if, if, if you know those terrorist friends, if they could if they could sense that you were tense, then they'd go, "You okay?" And then you'd have people furious and miserable. And have to go, "Yeah, I'm fine." <laughs> <laughs> but it is. It's a three word horror story. We asked um, people on Instagram about their three word horror stories, and as usual, you, you know, sheer brilliance shines through. One of my favourites was a three word horror story. 
Is Pepsi okay? Oh my God, it's just genius. Because if you want a Diet Coke, you know you're doing something dirty, but you want a Diet Coke. So Pepsi isn't okay. <laughs> Pepsi isn't okay. Oh it is, God. it's a real like, it's a real moment, isn't it? Of like, ugh. What about, are you busy? Oh, like, which is a bit like, got a minute? Are oh. you busy? Yes. Or no, and I'm really enjoying not being busy. But also, don't you think that people say, are you busy? Because they can quite clearly see that you are. And what they're trying to say is, are you too busy? Or, Which they, can quite, or they can quite clearly see that you're not. Oh, and they're passive aggressively. Yes, exactly. Oh my God. I mean, obviously things, three little words that can send you over the edge are, you know, printer not found. Someone wrote in and said three little words that would send them over the edge was, you are invited. <laughs> You know, when there's the subject of an email, you are invited. And you, 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 when was the time when we transitioned? Maybe in the pandemic, we transitioned from going, ooh, to going, oh. I know, no. that's absolutely terrible. Also, could you just? Uh, usually late on a Friday afternoon or at 10 o'clock at night. Someone also wrote, uh, basically, they fill me with absolute horror, these words, because I have no idea what it means, but they would make me feel terrible. Microsoft Authenticator app. I got one of those. Did you? I've got one on my phone to authenticate something that I have to do to pay something and it never works. Oh. And so it's just, it's stress followed by failure, followed by, you know, lack of action. You know, I know they're there to protect us and, you know, God oh. bless them, but my God. And they're just niggling in the back of your mind like you, and you're just thinking, oh, I must go back to, I must circle back. Another word, let's circle back. Horror. I must go back to the Microsoft Authenticator app, even though you know that you're destined to, to just be stuck in a kind of Greek myth and horror. And then who are you going to call? Oh, when it doesn't work. The Authenticator app. It's not like there's a person on the end of the phone to help you. Or maybe there is, but I don't know where they are or how you find them. I tell you three words that um, that, that came up that really that I often miss. I often because I don't concentrate. So I don't see them on the box or on the description. Some assembly required. <laughs> Which clearly means you will spend the rest of your life fixing this. Or throwing it away before you've even used it or trying to sell it. Some assembly required. It happened with a fan the other day. I had to get someone to help me. Get someone in to help me. <gasps> oh my God, it's so stressful. What about call me back? Just awful. No. Yes, no. No. The, that, the answer is no. I don't mind call me back if you feel like it. Oh, well, it's things like if someone says to me, you know, if I know I can't cancel, I become desperate to cancel. If I know that no one really would mind and they would understand, then I will turn up. Right. It's, it's that funny pressure thing. Yeah. It's, that's really interesting. It's like the, it's the, the compulsion. Like if you feel like you are compelled to do, that you are being compelled to do something, yeah. then you won't. Yeah. Well, I mean, I might, but with quite bad grace. It's like your, your window of tolerance is very small. Yeah. It's more of a hatch. A tiny portal. Those slits in castles that you shoot arrows through. <laughs> Your window of tolerance is very soft. Mine is absolutely fucking enormous. Gaping. I, it's like a terrible. It's awful. I've got to close my window of tolerance. I think it's shrunk. In a healthy way. Yes, I think it probably has. Yeah, I think it's shrunk. I just learned about this term, by the way, listening to a therapy uh, podcast. I was quite interested in the obsessed idea of... Win now. Yeah, obsessed with window of tolerance. I, I feel like saying all the time, I'm sorry, this doesn't fit through my window of tolerance. <laughs> <laughs> Try it. See what happens. Um, Three-word horror stories. This is never good. You look tired. Honestly, I think the next person who says that to me, probably my mother, I will have words. Because... You know, I am tired. It's actually, it's much worse when they say it to you and you're not tired. On those rare days when you feel like good to go and someone says you look tired, it's like, no, it's just my face. <laughs> my face now. Just, just my face now. Just my face now. So um, here are some three word horror stories for you guys. 
I don't know how I feel about this. We'll be back. <laughs> Probably next week. Is that okay? Goodbye for now. You've been listening to Annabelle Rifkin and Emily McMeekin of The Middle. Our book, I'm Absolutely Fine, is out now. If you like what you hear, please rate, review and subscribe.